When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB this Friday. I'm Juliette Sarley. And I'm Andrew Gagan. Good to be with you again. And uh, I've got to say, it feels like a really long week. And I'm saying that, and I need. I was only here for four days. I was only here for four days too, but I was actually saying that to the, the juice man, you know, where we get our uh, half-price yogurts after three. We can't tell too many people in Brangaroo about that, um, but I just did. He was saying the same thing. Caro said it, one of our producers, it just to everyone has felt like a long week. Maybe it's it's February, you know, you've got um, come out of holidays in, in uh, January and you hit February, but also, of course, has been a big week because... Earnings. Earnings. So many of them coming our way, and we'll get across to those in just a minute. But uh, more broadly, how's the market look? The market looks really good. It is up about 51 points on the ASX 200, 10 points there on the SIBO 200. Um, the ASX 200 actually crossing above its 20-day moving average for those that like a technical. Um, it's at 7,657. But, you know, we did have a bit of a sell down earlier in the week. So I think we're going to end the last five days virtually unchanged. Mm. All right. Well, better than negative. But um, a lot of that also driven by, well, obviously, expectations um, on interest rates and what we're seeing in the Australian economy, but also obviously those earnings results as well. Yeah, and it was a good Friday, as we mentioned. Um, Nine of the 11 sectors higher, only consumer staples. And I think, uh, I don't even know what the other one is, but most of them are are higher. Materials really driving the gains Mm. today. And a lot of that as well on this mining support that the government announced for some of these nickel plants. Yeah, the nickel, because the nickel price is absolutely tanked, uh, uh, in part because of what we're seeing out of Indonesia, uh, their uh, supply. Uh, cut price nickel, if you like, to the markets. And as a result, uh, a lot of nickel miners here under extreme pressure. So yeah, Juliet, as you said, support coming from the government uh, declaring it a critical mineral as such. And more broadly, we saw on the uh, the index today, the miners doing very well. Um, yeah. Lithium miners? Yes. Gold miners too, because the gold price lifted Absolutely. Well. So the material sector, certainly the uh, the winner today up 1.6%. I'm so used to saying laggard, I almost said it, but it is the leader. Um, winner, winner, no chicken dinner though. You spoke to the Ingham's CEO. Yeah, in fact, uh, Ingham's had a good result uh, for the half. However, it was all about the guidance. Uh, they're expecting the next half is not going to be as good. Um, obviously, we've got cost pressures, but also the consumer are they yeah. buying more chickens? Well, apparently, they think that the you know 
know, uh, mm. even though it's a bit of a staple, isn't it? Chicken? It is. Um, I was just telling Hien, our technical director, I've got some chicken ready to be cooked in my fridge. Everybody likes chicken, but, you know, it's the cost of feed increasing, <clears> the cost <throat> of electricity, um, all of that weighing through on their costs, labour, etc. And as you say, if people aren't buying as much or maybe people are going to meat-free Mondays and the like, then that is all weighing on it as well. Let's have a look at some of the stocks in detail. We mentioned the material sector is the front runner today. Uh, having a look at some of those gains, uh, very strong, particularly Northern Star. You mentioned those gold players looking really good. All right, in the energy space, um, yeah, once again, also positive. We did see uh, the uh, oil price lift a little bit. Uh, they, a lot of those stocks, including uh, the big ones, Woodside Santos, have been under pressure recently. Um, looking at consumer staples, I mean, we spoke to West Farmers yesterday, the CEO. Um, Woolies, Coles, Woolies is pretty flat there. Treasury Wine Estate. Is that a consumer staple? I think maybe on a Friday, Treasury Wine Estate is a consumer staple. Metcalf. It's a bit of a stretch, but yeah, all yeah. right, we'll take that. It's certainly a staple in my household. Yeah. All right, um, to the insurers, IAG reaffirming annual guidance and uh, launching a $200 million share buyback, but shares under pressure today. Yeah, likewise, uh, QBE Insurance, uh, for your profit, uh, more than doubling to $1.36 billion, helped by high premiums and lower claims, but uh, its share pre- uh, also under pressure today. I spoke to the doTERRA Royalties CEO, Julian Andrews. They did report a 24% spike in first half net profit, and that was thanks to production from BHP's South Flank operation in WA and shares there up 1.6%. I caught up with uh, Homeco Daily's chief executive uh, also. Um, he's talking about the resilience of that business, uh, given they own a lot of convenience stores. Um, across the country and uh, well Aussie's still spending essentially I guess those given those um, the staples that we were talking about yeah and uh, I spoke to ProMedicus look at us just you know CEO name dropping here um, but you can catch all these interviews on Ausbiz as well and they reported a 33% jump in net profit sales up 30% shares down 7.4% all right. Well, welcome to one of our favourites here, particularly for a Friday. Shane Oliver joining us from AMP. Shane, a very good afternoon to you. Uh, hope you've had a good week. Why don't we actually start with your observation, what you're seeing with with corporate earnings at the moment? What What's that telling you about the state of the Australian economy, do you think? Well, the old saying is so far so good. Uh, we're early into the reporting season. I think we've seen some or just less than 40% of companies report. Uh, but, you know, generally speaking, they've been okay. Yes, uh, retailers have been doing it tough, but maybe not quite as bad as expected. Maybe GB Hi-Fi was the highlight there. Uh, guidance is not too bad. Um, investors generally have been prepared to look through the negatives, and that's why our markets managed to rise this week. Uh, so overall, it sort of looks okay, but we are going to see weakness, obviously, in energy stocks on the back of uh, the big fall in energy prices, coal, oil, gas, um, after that boost they got uh, a couple of years ago on the back of the Ukraine war. Um, but yeah, it, it's sort of okay, but uh, I, I'm a little bit cautious about getting too excited because it is early days and it is often the case that good results tend to get get reported early and companies that have the better results tend to come on a bit later in the reporting season. Let's talk about the overall economy. Of course, unemployment rising to a two-year high, but still at these historically low levels. But we could see a bit of a, a boost to the retail space in the next couple of weeks. Andrew's as excited as I am about Swiftonomic, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> it seems everyone's talking about that. It's uh, 
you know, the only thing I can relate to this as being similar was uh, back in the 1970s. Tells you how old I am when everyone was obsessed with ABBA. Mm. And uh, every night I'd turn on Countdown and Fernando it would be number one. It went on for weeks and weeks, months and months. And then, of course, when they came to Australia, it was a complete frenzy. Um, look, th- there is no doubt there's going to be a boost. My rough estimates were somewhere um, around $500, $600 million injected into the economy as a result of this concert. Uh, similar numbers in other countries, obviously bigger in the US because uh, many more concerts in the US. Uh, and uh, that assumes that people not only buy the tickets, but there's spending associated with that on travel to Sydney and Melbourne, hotels, uh, caterers, uh, restaurants, and so on, and merchandise generally. Um, so, yeah, there will be a boost, but by the same token, you've got to bear in mind that Taylor is an import. So a chunk of that will not stay in Australia, will go overseas. Um, the spending on the tickets has already occurred. Except in my case, where I got an El Cheapo ticket, fortunately, via a colleague oh. um, on Tuesday, uh, the $66 ticket, you know, wow. behind a pole or something like that. Uh, but nevertheless, I managed to get a ticket. Um, out of interest, uh, people paid $3.70 to see the Beatles back in 1964, 60 years ago. If you adjust that for inflation, you would get about the same price I'm paying to see Taylor um, today, about $65. Um, but she plays for three hours. They were 30 minutes. The sound quality back then would have been atrocious, I reckon. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I've digressed um, yeah. with all my excitement about getting a ticket, at, at least. Um, but if you look at, so, so let's say 400 million stays in Australia of the spending, um, it's only 0.02% of our GDP. Uh, our economy is 2.6 trillion. And of course, part of that spending has already occurred with the ticket sales back in July last year. Um, so yeah, I, I could see the, uh, there probably will be a, a bit of a bounce in February, maybe even in the CPI, higher airfare prices perhaps. Um, but I think it will be a pretty short uh, blip. Uh, and so those who are worried about their mortgage rates going up, I think uh, I would say to them, you need to calm down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Shane, good to see you're doing your bit as well. And uh, well, who would have thought that what Abenomics and Beatlenomics uh, were a thing back in the day as well. But uh, maybe this is a, a, a bigger beast that we're dealing with here. Shane, uh, more broadly in the economy, as Juliet was referring to, given those jobs numbers we saw this week, we've already seen uh, softer inflation, which is a positive. Retail has come off. There is obviously seasonality at play, given we're still sort of at the beginning of the year. How are you seeing the economy and broadly tracking at the moment? Look, I, I think it's still pretty soft. And we need to be cautious here. Uh, we have got news in the last little last day or so that Japan is in recession. They're often in recession, so you don't necessarily read too much into that. Their population is falling. But the UK has gone into recession. Uh, Europe is stagnant. Um, these countries don't have the population boost we have, so that's a factor there. If we didn't have our population growth at the same level that it is, 2.5%, in the UK it's about 0.5%. Uh, that's a big difference. Um, If we didn't have that, we probably would be in recession too. But it is just a warning here that there's still impacts from all the interest rate hikes and so on that are still feeding through. But uh, bottom line, I think, is that we have seen some relatively softish retail sales numbers. Uh, Jobs numbers have come in on the soft side. Got to be a little bit careful there because of the seasonal issues associated with more people taking annual leave in January, more than normal people taking annual leave in January and in between jobs. 
Uh, so there could be a blip down in the unemployment rate for February. But it seems to me there's quite a clear uptrend in the unemployment rate. And the risk is that it uh, gets above the 4.3% RBA forecast that they have for the end of the year. It could get above that in the next few months. Um, so I think all of those things, you know, we've probably still got an economy that's growing. Uh, GDP numbers probably still going to be positive at a headline level. Um, but we've just got to be careful here. In a per capita sense, we're probably still in a per capita recession. And the numbers, I think, are still going to be pretty subdued. Uh, and, and ultimately consistent with the Reserve Bank cutting interest rates. And speaking of recessions, I mean, Japan, England, just talk us through the, the broader macro picture from an international perspective as well. Well, it's very diverse. Uh, you, you sort of saw that a little bit with a few weeks ago, the IMF released their global outlook for this year and next, and uh, I think they revised up a little bit. Uh, so so the big scare we were seeing a couple of years ago the confronting, challenging numbers, as our treasurer regularly referred to, yeah, weren't quite as bad. Um, but still, uh, you, you do have that huge diversity. The US has been surprising on the upside. Europe, uh, as I mentioned earlier, stagnant. And of course, as we've just learned, Japan and UK in recession. Um, so it's pretty much a mixed bag. I, I think the global economy manages to continue to grow, but probably at a pace somewhat less than the IMF's talking about. Uh, and that tells us there are some risks for Australia. You, you don't want to read too much into Japan and the UK. They're, they're different economies. Um, they're not our biggest export. Well, Japan is, but it's still buying our stuff, even though it has slipped into recession. And this has been an on again, off again issue for the last few decades now in Japan. So I wouldn't necessarily worry too much about them. But obviously, Europe and the UK is perhaps a bigger concern. So that's why we do need to be a, bit, a little bit cautious here. And it's too early to say that we're out of the woods, to borrow again from uh, Taylor Swift. Um, <laughs> oh, you're on a roll. Peak in interest rates. We may have reached peak in interest rates, but uh, that consumer uh, malaise is still there and still continuing. And I'm not hopeful that Taylor Swift will be enough to shake that off. Shane, you know, if you keep this up, I'm, I'm expecting you to be singing these, uh, these one-liners next week, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I will be. Uh, next Tuesday I go. Next Tuesday. This time next week will be uh, the Friday before I go on the Tuesday. I go on the, on the Monday, actually. Monday the 26th, I think oh, it is. You're the final show. The final show. I, I think you're a unicorn too, getting a $66 ticket. I don't know many people that were that lucky. <laughs> no, that sounds extraordinarily cheap. Yeah. Well, three of us, were, you, you know Diana. Diana and I both missed out uh, back in July. Our colleague, uh, Mibu, she... Um, uh, she, we, well, we all logged on on Tuesday, but uh, she managed to get in. Uh, we didn't get in, and she managed to get us some tickets, so we, we owe her big time. Mm. Hey, well, Shane, um, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Have a great time. And, we'll, uh, uh, we'll swap Swifty okay. bracelets. Okay. I might see you there. Gee, I'm feeling a lot of them. The outer now, <laughs> well, missing them. out entirely. I'm going to start getting some. Yeah. Thanks Shane. very much, Shane. A Have a good weekend, Shane Oliver from AMP. Who knew he was a closet Swifty? No, I mean, with he, all let us, he let us know last time, I think, or a couple of weeks oh, okay. ago, when he was talking about. I don't know if I was uh, on that one, yeah. was I? Oh, if I was. Sorry, Shane. All right, the stock of the day. Prometicus, in fact, well, you spoke to uh, Sam Pippet from uh, ProMedicus, but uh, we got some analysis from uh, Claude Walker from Rich Life and Luke Winchester from Meriwether Capital on the stock. Because the last time I bought, I looked up at it and it was about $28 something. And um, it felt so expensive then when I was buying it back then. So, and obviously my buy price is much higher than that now that I would buy it at. 
Uh, but we're not there yet. So for me, it's still a hold. I've said hold on this business for quite a while in, in agreement with Claude. Um, unfortunately, I've, I haven't been there uh, for the journey with him. But um, yeah, look, this potentially provides an opportunity for people like Claude who, who have a longer term time frame on, on a pullback like this. Um, as for an exact price, again, you have to sort of crunch your own numbers and, and get some comfort over that longer term. Uh, but let's say hold for the program. Yeah, I've got to say, when I think of um, Claude Walker, I always think of Prometicus. That's a stock that is stuck in my mind because he's really? been on it for so long, as long as I've known him for. And, well, there you go. It's a hold. He's well, sticking with it. It was nice. He also gave us a question to ask the CEO. So thanks, Claude. Sam answered uh, your question. His answer was no, though. Um, and that was about <laughs> yeah. whether or not they're losing any um, contracts. All right, let's have a look at the market leaders. Liontown Resources, I mean, we just talked about the, the pickup that you saw in lithium and nickel today on the back of that, uh, I guess, government support, Pilbara Minerals, nickel industries all looking good as well today yeah just just to clarify that so those nickel companies in particular can access um essentially billions of dollars in government funding uh, given that they've now been put on the government's critical minerals list um, just as far as those that have gone in the wrong direction uh neuron pharmaceuticals now this is off the back of a short selling report um, in fact, uh, with its uh, drug licensing partner in the States. And as a result, shares absolutely hammered today. Uh, we also spoke of Ingham's. Uh, we spoke to them, but all about their guidance going forward, which they expect to have lower incomes. Their Prometicus, which we've spoken of, uh, data and domain right, uh, rolling those out at the end. All right, to the small end of town, when we look at the winners today, Articor looking quite good, American Rare Earths, Novanix, Lindian Resources, and Altec Bat all had a very good day. Whereas on the naughty list as such, uh, <laughs> Symbio, uh, Visan, Helios Genics, and Santana Minerals. Gosh, if we're loopy today, imagine how loopy Shane and I are going to be next Friday when we're both about to see Tay-Tay. All right, let's have a look at what's on overnight, though, because there's a whole week to happen before then. US Core PPI data, Michael Barr from the Fed is speaking, and San Fran Fed President Mary Daly. I mean, the market always really listens when she speaks, so that'll be one for investors to watch as well. Yep, and uh, just in terms of what we can expect locally and... Uh yeah, look, the reporting season continues, A2 Milk and Paul Cochlear among them. Uh, some of the biggies, BHP, the biggest of them all, of course, Ansel Hub 24. Uh, Rio Tinto also, Domino's, which has been under significant pressure. It'd be interesting to hear from them. Uh, Woolies, uh, the supermarkets, of course, uh, in focus at the moment. Fortescue, another big miner. And uh, Tabcourt, Nine Brambles, Block and Batcourt. Yeah, I mean, next week it really just is the biggest week of the reporting calendar. We will bring it all to you, of course, on AusBiz. But a quick check of where we've finished today's market session. Up seven tenths of one percent, I think. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, three quarters of a percent. And on the uh, yeah, the ASX 200, 51 points, 7 tenths of 1%, 7,657 above its 20-day moving average um, over the course of the week, though virtually unchanged. But still, a win is a win for today. And uh, we'll bring you, of course, all the latest from the overseas uh, market action on Monday morning, bright and early, 10 a.m. Eastern. Absolutely. We'll be here. I know, Juliet, over the weekend, you're going to be prepping for Tay-Tay. So good luck with that. I'm going to be making bracelets with my <laughs> nieces, but I think I'm the biggest 14-year-old out of everyone. All right, we'll see you on Monday. Have a good weekend.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.